0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a Digital Diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Joining us on today's podcast is Michael Coates, the co-founder
1: and CEO of Altitude Networks. He's held former roles as Chief Information Security Officer of Twitter and Director of Security Assurance for Mozilla. Coates talks best practices when it comes to cybersecurity breaches insightful advice for executives to handle future cyber attacks, and takeaways from his keynote address at the Transformational CISO Assembly in Nashville. Michael Coates also sits on our advisory board.
0: Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Oh,
0: great. Um, to get things started, uh, reflecting back on your time as a leader in cybersecurity, what do you believe are some of your biggest accomplishments as a CISO that have changed the way the companies uh, that you worked for defended itself against um, modern application attacks?
1: Yeah, the CISO role is uh, really challenging. I think it's it's a confusing role for a lot of companies. Uh, they don't exactly know what exactly what you're doing Uh, they they think you're solving all security things which is not realistic to solve all problems Um, and instead i think what i brought to the table and i'm quite proud of was clarity Mm -hmm. Uh, clarity of of risk uh, showing what matters bringing organization um, a risk process Mm -hmm. and through that Mm -hmm. then highlighting what are the top risks facing the company and building programs to drive down those risks. And overall, I think that is the most important thing that a CISO can bring because we can't solve all problems, um, but instead what we can do is show the business where they are and let the business make informed decisions um, and then help build processes and technologies to help drive down risk. Uh, And so both at Twitter and Mozilla, uh, that was... That's really what I focused on. And I was happy to put amazing teams into place and drive uh, a culture of security change and then technical solutions that uh, really helped the business.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you've had an incredible career. So you have left Twitter last year to start your own security company, Altitude Networks. What expertise did you find most helpful in your transition from an established global platform such as Twitter to the startup culture?
1: Yeah, I I think what really helped a lot was an appreciation for what is it uh, that a security program needs from a, from a vendor, from a solution. Mm-hmm. And instead of chasing uh, buzzwords or possibilities um, that aren't really relevant to a company, uh, we're laser-focused on solving a specific problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at Altitude Networks, we're solving that problem of how do you secure data in the cloud in collaboration platforms like G-Drive, Box, Dropbox, and we've really focused on not only a technical solution, but how does it integrate into workflows? Because as in my previous roles, a, a solution was one thing, but the question came up of how do we use this day to day? How do we actually follow up on the bugs? How do we integrate the developers? How do we integrate the teams? And so that appreciation of what really matters, both a high quality solution and integration into workflows, I, I think that was really one of the biggest takeaways I had um, from before that I'm leveraging
0: now. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you're discussing what Altitude Networks has done or is doing. So what tr- sort of changes do you see coming in the future for your company itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of what we're focusing on now, I think uh, the, the question is how do you go and build a solution that is easy to use by lots of companies? Mm-hmm. Far too many security solutions are overly cumbersome. They require uh, extensive services just to make the thing work. Mm-hmm. And I, again, as a CISO, I wanted to buy a solution. I didn't want to buy another problem that costs, you know, more work and more time. Those, those engineers that I had, their time was the most precious, precious resource. Mm-hmm. And so if I could buy a tool that alleviated, uh, you know, work from them or took time uh, and it gave them time back, that was what I was looking for. And so now as we think about scaling altitude, we're saying, how do we bring the solution to companies and make it incredibly easy to use? Mm-hmm. You turn it on and it works you want to solve something, and we're done, instead of having people babysit a tool and spend lots of time on that. Uh, And so I think that's actually uh, a different direction than most companies have taken, and uh, I think it's refreshing, and I'm I'm hoping others do as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. So now as a person who has worked for major companies and co-founded your own company, like we said before, uh, what do you think are the biggest mistakes a company can make in cybersecurity practice, and is there a secret for success?
1: I think we all know that you have to think about security from the beginning, so I don't think I'm saying anything new there. Mm-hmm. But the way you think about it is key. And if you, th- if you look at your development processes, the way your company uh, operates, and you integrate security into those practices, not from a human procedural perspective, but rather from how do we do this as code. Like mm-hmm. the entire notion of DevOps, of infrastructure as code, um, moving through automation, that applies to security as well. And you have to have that from the beginning part of your code and your well, your DNA almost. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then you have building blocks and you get to scale through that instead of trying to have one human run around to do everything manually. Uh, that, just, that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if companies invest and say, how do we find that security minded person that can be a developer, um, that can really be part of the system we're building at the beginning, mm-hmm. That's how you can really uh, scale and be successful as a company.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you, so like it's building up and like you always are innovating and growing, really. Definitely. So yeah, now at that there are certainly are real threats amidst the conversations in company cybersecurity, you cannot forget the security of people within the community. So how do you see the security community bringing the conversation to a more practical level for average users and companies looking to secure their data?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think far too long in the security space, we've over-rotated on the academic or theoretical security of systems. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean building something that is secure under all threats, under all use cases. And while that sounds good, it actually comes with a very big trade-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an example is something like PGP, so you know, secure encryption um, that can be used for email or encrypting files and nobody uses it mm-hmm. and the reason is because is it's not easy to use and so as a community what we need to do is move past this uh, theoretical approach to security that thinks about all possible use cases and says instead what are the threats that matter to the users and how do we build something incredibly easy to use almost seamless that gives them security um, it's it's very much like if you think about automobile safety. Mm-hmm. Like we have not built safe uh, seatbelts to protect against every theoretical accident. Mm-hmm. But the seatbelts are so easy to use that people use them and they protect against a, a fair majority of them. Yeah. And security needs, needs to be that way too. It's just so easy to use. It's part of your workflow. It doesn't bother you. Um, and for the users that have a special use case, uh, a special threat model, there's different solutions for them. But we need to start to say, how do we solve 90% of the problem in an easy way that just works versus fooling ourselves into something that people don't use and doesn't provide any security at all?
0: Yeah, yeah. And building on that thought, as more and more people, especially attackers, become more connected and digitally fluent uh, within the security community, what advice would you offer to fellow CISOs, CIOs, and other cybersecurity leaders looking to stay one step ahead of potential attacks?
1: Yeah, one thing is to ground yourself in a solid risk approach because there is so much noise, there's so much going on that you can easily send your team on you know, random goose chases every day. And while those things are interesting that come up and perhaps you could try and convince yourself they're a good use of time, you really have to ask yourself, is an hour or a day or a week spent on this problem the best use of my team's time versus this other problem that we know is the top risk in our program? And that that takes diligence, it takes focus, but when you do that you can build much more um, amazing solutions uh, to help your your team and your company Mm -hmm. um, by having that focus instead of that constant, constant uh, context switching that can really drag on your team.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, So as more people become more connected, Faced and faced with uh, increasing sophistication and maturity of cyber threats. From your experience, how can these leaders and security teams devise ways to cope or better cope with a high-stress stress environment?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a great question. The, we're in a very interesting world where we think about everything that could go wrong, mm-hmm. and that is the entirety of our, our thought process, and that can weigh on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely have to have a, a healthy balance to how you look at that. And part of that solution is to realize that as a security leader, you do not have the ability to fix all the problems. And this is actually a mismatch in a lot of companies where you may be given accountability to the problem, but not authority to fix it. Mm -hmm. And that is obviously something that's a mismatch. You can't have one, but not the other. Mm -hmm. And so as you realize that you don't have the authority to go and necessarily fix this code or reboot the system all the time, it's someone else's system. Then your mind starts to shift and say, well, my role is to raise awareness of these risks to those business leaders, and they have the accountability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they choose not to fix it uh, and there's a breach, uh, that largely falls on their shoulders. Now, as a CISO, you're not totally removed from this. You can't just say, well, it's someone else's problem. But it does help to put it in perspective where your role is to surface those risks, give them a, a risk model so they understand it, understand how to fix it, and if they choose not to, raise that awareness to executive leadership, to the board, et cetera, um, instead of keeping all those issues you know, on your shoulders and having it weigh on you. So uh, it, it takes a little bit of um, reflection and mm-hmm. taking the company through this maturity process. But if you don't do that, you're stuck in the spot where you think every problem is your problem. And if it's not fixed, it's your problem. And that mm-hmm. uh, is not sustainable yeah. <laughs> as a person. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so putting all this into perspective, um, as a well-known leader in the cyberspace or uh, cyber industry, uh, you are aware of all the ins and outs of trends impacting cybersecurity. So what trends are you keeping your eye on?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's some trends that um, people like to talk about that I'm not so interested. in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's throw out blockchain. Um, a lot of people like to talk about it, um, and it has a place for a few problems, but it, does not, it is not the silver bullet. It is not mm-hmm. the panacea to all things. <laughs> um, but you know what I do like to think about is the, the migration to cloud and what that means for organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a tremendous benefit or opportunity for companies. I'm happy that we've gotten past, in many cases, this resistance and concern to it because the companies that build their business models on top of trust um, uh, of companies to use their platform, they do a pretty dang good job at their security for what they control. Um, but this migration is also very interesting because companies need to reevaluate how they do security. They need to think about which part of the stack is their responsibility in this new environment and which controls no longer really apply. Mm -hmm. I mean, as an obvious example, if you move from on-prem to a a cloud infrastructure stack, well, your firewalls in on-prem obviously don't do anything for you anymore, Mm -hmm. anymore. And you have to look at all of your controls and say, well, how do we achieve this objective in this new reality? What does it mean to be and platform as a service or a SaaS environment. And that's an area that I find uh, pretty interesting. Uh, there's a lot of benefits for companies, provided they think through and, and do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, lift and shift technology, you know, the lift and shift approach is really not getting it for companies. But if they really integrate um, and, and think about how they're going to do that, there's a lot of opportunity. It's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. And wrapping it all up, uh, we are very excited that you attended and keynoted our transformational CISO assembly this week in Nashville. Um, as a member of our advisory board and frequent attendee, uh, what benefits have you reaped or enjoyed the most while working for, with and for the Millennium Alliance?
1: Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of activity in the CISO community. There's a lot of opportunities to go to different events, uh, different dinners, different roundtables. And every person that attends an event like this has thought through, is this an event that I specifically want to go to versus the numerous other invitations out there? And the reason that we need to you know, reflect on our own experiences and share with others what works for us mm-hmm. and uh, what challenges we're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's one of the things I really like about this, this organization.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's always a pleasure to have you and work with you. And we hope to see you again in the future. Great. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.